Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This episode is brought to you by One United Bank, America's largest black-owned bank and the first black internet bank. One United believes that money is power and we can use it to build wealth in the black community, not only for today, but for the future as well. This is more than a moment, it's a movement. With the right mindset and actions, we can be financially woke. When we unite the power of our dollars, there's no limit to what we can do. Move your money and bank black with One United Bank today. Visit oneunited.com to learn more. Hi, it's Joy Marie. And it's Courtney. And we are back with Job Logs. We're coming to you with new episodes on the 1st and the 15th of every month. And we've got something really, really exciting for this week's episode. Yes, we're all out here making a living, but why are we doing it? Today we're talking about our relationship with money, what we use it for, what we value, and how we sometimes fall short of our goals. So we'll be exploring common spending triggers and how they set us back. Plus, stay tuned for strategies on using what you earn to get where you want to be. Yes, but y'all know we like to start every episode with a little check-in on ourselves personally, professionally, but also just discuss what's going on in the world and how we feel about it. And the news is kind of all dominated lately by just these hurricanes happening, not just here, but all over the world. Yes. Um, So prayers out to everyone who's dealing with Hurricane Irma and just as more it's just like an endless cycle of yeah. these hurricanes it's crazy yeah sure do feel like the end times but you know listen, you know but you know real. what and i feel like it's like the earth like just turned it up a notch like mm. ever since because we've all been talking about climate change and mm-hmm. stuff and now it's just like all these storms all over the place yeah. and it's like oh you gonna learn yeah today yeah so thoughts and prayers for sure But, you know, it's interesting because I came across something that uh, one of my sorority sisters wrote on Instagram, Dr. Brittany Carter, and she said, Houston will be heavy on my heart for a long time because I know that relief efforts will not be equal across race and class. They never are. And they never are because of our day-to-day social and political obligations are not equal across race and class. In the coming weeks when we begin to hear elected officials talk about rebuilding, very few of them will be talking about rebuilding the black neighborhoods and poor neighborhoods whose hardship they were comfortable with in the first place. To quote disaster historian Jacob Reams, the hurricane might be natural, but the disaster comes from human choices. Mm. And that really like stuck with me as I was thinking about it just because even in the media, like a lot of the coverage and the relief efforts you see are focused on cities, areas, and I would say on a global scale, countries with people mm. who look like us. You yeah. know, we're not hearing about things happening in the Yeah, it was interesting. I just saw, like, even, like, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Like, they're mm-hmm. ju- they were putting out messages how they just feel forgotten with the coverage, and they were just, mm-hmm. like, decimated yeah. by Irma Completely. Um, yesterday. So that's very real. Yeah, so just, so, you know, as a prompt, like, definitely think about donating some, if not all, of your... You know, you're spending your time, whatever you can to 
communities who are generally not represented in mm-hmm. these efforts. You know, just something to think about. Yeah, so. for real. And just remembering that is there's a human impact. It's crazy, like, watching the hurricane coverage, like, before mm-hmm. I came here. And the news just makes it into this sideshow. Yeah. Like, watching MSNBC. These poor weatherman anchors yeah. <laughs> out there trying to make a name for themselves. Yes. Poor Miguel on MSNBC. Oh, my God. <laughs> They tied this man to a pole. Like, Mm -hmm. is it that serious? Like, I know what hurricane, like, I know what strong wind. You don't have to put this poor child on a street pole. Oh my God. Doing the most. So, yeah, just (laughs) not buying into the sensationalism, realizing, like, there are people that this is impacting. That's really a word. But let's go to lighter fare. Okay. Because, you know, there's highs and lows and everything. And you got to keep hope alive. And Rihanna is keeping my hope alive. Okay. Hello. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I spent way too much money on <laughs> Sephora. I just got caught up. I just got caught up. Girl. Um, but yeah, did you get anything? I didn't yet. I, you know, the coins are tight I know. for me Don't right now. Don't walk in. Don't walk in. I couldn't, but best believe it's coming. What'd you got? I got the lip gloss and okay. then one of the little highlighters. Yes. Because uh, Rihanna said, listen, we're going for glow and yes. sparkle this fall. <laughs> and I'm just getting in line. <laughs> but I feel like she could really, she might be headed to a Billy mm. with this collaboration. Because the girls are going up. I think she has like 40 different foundations. Mm-hmm. And it's just all about kind of diversity. I loved it so much. Every shade for every person. So I want to see into these numbers because I'm yes. new. So uh, Rihanna inked this deal with Kendo Brands. Mm -hmm. So Kendo is an incubator. It's part of the luxury brands fascinate me Mm because they're all owned by like the same like three companies. Yes, I've heard this. And so LVMH, that's like the Louis Vuitton, Hennessy, Mm -hmm. they have this incubator that's done brands, licensing deals with Kat Von D, Marc Jacobs, Rihanna's their third one. So uh, she inked the deal for $10 million just to license her name to this brand. Okay. Um, So we'll see where it goes. I mean, her line with Puma did about a billion in sales. Wow, really? Isn't that crazy? I'm still mad I didn't get the slides. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I want some creepers. Yes. But you know, that's the thing about makeup was easy entry. I was like, to support a little bit. I saw something on Twitter too. I don't know if it's true or not. I didn't fact check it. But that was comparing um, kind of her line to Kylie and talking about exclusivity Mm -hmm. and how Rihanna really stocked up because. There were lines. The girls were going up. I just knew it was going to sell out, but it did not. It didn't. It didn't sell out. And like Kylie's, by contrast, I think one of her latest releases sold out in like 20 minutes. So Mm. it was just talking about how like the spirit of just inclusivity and making sure everyone has access to the product by stocking up. Yeah. It's a different lane, and I like it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I ran Kylie's digits as well. (laughs) (laughs) She She's made $402 in sales since she launched in November of 2015. Wow. So I believe Rihanna can go above and beyond. Outsp- outsp- <laughs> yeah, no, but you know what's interesting with all these girls? I saw something, too, that was saying, I can't remember what brand they compared to. They were saying something like, one of these legacy, like, luxury brands, I don't know if it's Prada or something, but basically these girls are, are projected to make more by, like, 2022 than legacy, some legacy fashion brands have made over the last, like, 60, 80 years. I gotta find the article, but that's the the pace at which they're like outpacing 
competitors just with this new digital like influencer era. So very exciting times ahead. But in other news, shouts to all the black girl magic at the U.S. Open. I know. I just saw like the clips because I'm not a tennis girl, mm-hmm. but I was like, hold up, that's not a Williams. Yes. <laughs> Who this girl? <laughs> Same, same. <laughs> I think I found out about her when she won. Right. Congratulations to Sloane Stevens, U.S. Open champ. What I really like about her um, that I saw on Twitter as well, because <laughs> this is where I get my information. Halloween. Apparently, she was out for 11 months with an injury. I saw that, yeah. On disability. Yeah, Mama she was, just came back. Yeah, literally in a wheelchair. I went from that and apparently like being ranked like 957 to taking the open and just being like the grand slam master so good for her good for her and i saw this clip where she was talking about like when she was coming up her childhood coach was saying like oh don't expect to like get but so far mm. I'm like yes i love how people just your memory just goes i back know you're one. like i remember <laughs> 1995 <laughs> So this is our first episode with One United. Exciting, exciting. We got some really great content ahead, so y'all stay tuned. For us, just kind of talking a little bit about the partnership and why we even chose to kind of team up with them. They just have so much great information around financial literacy and Mm -hmm. kind of supporting and building within your community that really supports what we're trying to build as well. Right, because I know we're always talking about getting to that next level in work and really uh, making sure what you do serves your goals. And yeah. I think that's kind of very much in line with One United and just empowering yourself. Because even planning for this episode, we talk about how without the education, yes. it's hard to make those moves financially. Exactly. So I think we're going to have, we're going to be able to touch on some really great topics. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. You ready to get into it? For sure. Now, before we get into the to the meat of this conversation, I, I feel like we should calibrate with a little game, mm-hmm. you know, a vaguely familiar format, you might recall. <laughs> <laughs> the coin is correct. The coin is correct. The coin is correct. <laughs> the so, lawsuit's over here, honey. <laughs> amen. So, we're going to name some uh, items. Mm-hmm. That may come up, whether aspirationally mm-hmm. or, you know, realistically, practically in our days. And see if we really can gauge the value yes. of these items. Because we're talking about what we value this week. Got it. All right. I'm ready. Okay, so I'll go first. So, you know, we've been talking about salmon and Amazon and Whole Foods. (laughs) So I had to ask. My item is eight ounces of fresh Alaska sockeye salmon, wild caught, skin on. On Amazon, what price do you guess? I want to say thirteen. Okay, okay, what that is was fair. Um, coming in at seven ninety nine or fifteen ninety eight a pound. Okay, Thank I guess yeah, buy by the pound for That's Amazon. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so that was close <laughs> yes. for the pound. Yes. Okay. Amazon is really out here lowering the prices. So. They need to lower it a little bit more. Like this, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Because that's not even that's three pieces. Three pieces for like fifteen. <laughs> no, that's not your mind. Thinking a little bit more macro. Okay. On average, how much do millennials spend a month 
on eating out? Ooh, a month. Okay, so if we're thinking you get takeout three times a week, which is excessive, Mm -hmm. say every time it's $20, uh, might go to drinks once a week, 20 times four, 80. Let's add another. (laughs) 60 on that, let's say $140. Hmm, 258. Woo, child. Wow. Yes. Really? 258 or 3,097 annually is how much we spend on eating out. I guess that really counts every time you're not cooking at home. Yeah, that's wow. like a coffee, like anything. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. In the spirit of back to school, you remember those Texas Instruments calculators we had to oh get? Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> With snake and uh, what was it? It was was it crack wars something? I mean, no. that was like it was a drug game. Why were we playing drug games on calculators? And then writing like hello upside down <laughs> with the letters. Such an accomplishment at the time. But I want you to guess the going price for those Texas Instruments calculators with all the trimmings on Amazon. Okay. Because I remember them being stupid expensive stupid at expensive. the time. Yeah. And I feel like a calculator should decrease in value. Okay. Because we have computers and smartphones now. So I'm going to say $90. $250. dollars you- Kidding me. $250. Same price as your All month of takeout. All math. Mm-hmm. Well, girl, they got color now, LCD <laughs> screens. You know they keep upgrading the models. So oh, it's like the iPhone. It changes every year. But, yeah, $250. $250, mm-hmm. What do I want to do next? Okay, aspirational living. Okay, I'm always talking about running off to the islands mm-hmm. um, when I just give up yes. <laughs> on New York. <laughs> So I looked up what is a two-bedroom apartment, seven blocks from the beach in Tulum, Mexico. Okay, house hunters. 1,300 square foot. Tulum's a little isolated outside of, I believe, the And this is purchased, so like buy the place. Okay. Oh, to buy it. Mm -hmm. Oh, to buy it. Huh. Okay. I'm going to say, because House Hunters International (laughs) is my jam, I'm going to say we're at around 350k. 180. Oh, what? Really? Yes. Huh. Book a flight. That is not bad. Not bad at all. That is not bad. Remote work. Okay. I'm telling you. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to give you a choice for my last one for you. Okay. Do we want to go kind of morbid but real (laughs) or go into like workspace? What's more? I'm just intrigued. To it's hear not okay. Saying. It's just real. It's, okay, it's, you know, it's a little. We'll do that. Medical treatments and expenses, you oh know, God. are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, average amount diabetes patients have to spend on treatment over the course of a year. Twenty, twenty k. Not far. It's uh, fifteen thousand. Jeez. Yeah, 15000 I say that because I was calorie because when I broke my arm mm. um, like two years ago is when I uncovered the belly of the beast. Listen. That stuff. Yeah. Like you get bills like from three months ago for stuff you didn't even like, oh, girl, you had uh, socks on <laughs> in the waiting free. room. Two hundred dollars. Yeah. What? Oh, my God. That's insane. That's crazy. That's why I wanted to put it in here. That medical stuff is no joke. Yeah, um, that's what they say. Like, sometimes you're, like, one medical incident away from bankruptcy. Like, yeah. That's real. So our last is the coin correct. Okay. Let me go back to that thing. We're going to talk about the now. How much do you think, on average, millennials spend on housing per year? Household average. Well, I'm going to hypothesize that most millennials 
rent. Don't know. Correct. Um, and I know my Two rent. Two out of three, actually. Let's put, I mean, New York is not a good bar. So let's say if we're doing like a mm, thousand a month, 12 months, let's say like 15K. 16,500. Yes. Okay. Like <laughs> so we know where this money going. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> planning this episode we kind of went around a lot of different topics yes just like okay how do we spend money better why do we spend money why do we make money yes (laughs) and we kind of landed on the fact that your relationship with money is kind of one of your most complicated relationships Mm -hmm. and even in thinking about this whole like financial literacy series we're kicking off with one united bank where better to start than at the very beginning of everything like how do we form our relationships with money? How do we value money? Like, mm-hmm. what emotional and spending triggers impact how we spend that money? And also, like, what's the disconnect sometimes between what we say our goals are for yeah. our money and how we actually spend it? Right. So we're going to get into it. Yeah. It's going to be painful. <laughs> <laughs> Not painful. Illuminating. Okay. Therapeutic. Yeah, illuminating. there we go. <laughs> it's a, therapy's a theme, yes. apparently, <laughs> this year. My family, we're pretty well off, but my parents tend to take view that we shouldn't spend money kind of frivolously. So whether that's just like buying new clothes for the hell of it or, you know, really treating yourself to something extravagant that wasn't really something that I grew up kind of believing was okay or seeing was okay. So now, even when I want things that seem stupid like new gym wear or treat myself to a really, really nice meal, I always second guess myself. And I think I've kind of developed this fear of spending money. Um, And I think that comes from a fear that I won't be able to pay off a credit card or just a fear of not having enough. Hi, this is Jennifer Gouday. So my profession is senior manager for a credit card company and owner of a um, natural hair and skincare product line called Behind the Curl. I'd say when I was growing up, um, my father was very frugal and very cautious about what he spent money on. And that's something that stuck with me, I think. I tend to be pretty frugal and conservative as it pertains to my expenses. Definitely seeing him and seeing how much he saved his money and how much he focused on spending less even if he made more kind of helped me have that same mindset so that I could save lots of money. I'm Ilbert J. Sanchez, a menswear designer from New York City. Being born in a third world country, money wasn't a thing that we had in large amounts. Paying for food um, for the whole month, um, paying for clothes, for school clothes. Every dollar was stretched, getting things on sale, um, and like just bargaining, just because money wasn't something that was in a, at our convenience. So we didn't take anything for granted whenever we had an extra dollar to our name. My name is Kelly Augustine. I'm a New Yorker, and I am an influencer and marketing consultant. When I was younger, like as soon as I got money, I spent it. And I didn't learn the value of money until my mid-20s, honestly. My mom always told me to save at least 10% of any money that I got. And I wish I had adopted that much earlier on. Now that I'm an adult, like every check that I get, I save like 
50% of it. <laughs> but I wish I'd learned earlier just like the value of money. For me, I was thinking, like I've mentioned on here before, my mom is a big part of the way I think about money. She worked mm-hmm. in banking. So seeing her balancing the check, like that is like burned in my mind from mm-hmm. my childhood. She did it, it every times. week, like religiously. It. So from that, I feel like I always have this like need for control mm. with money. Like as long as I know where things are going, when it's coming in, I'm good. Like mm. I'm centered. But when that goes off the rails, I don't know why, I just it's security. I think mm. I inherently link money with security because even looking at my family, the my mother's generation was the first one to like go to college. So like mm. before that, it was like farmers, yeah. construction, like rural Virginia. Yeah. So I can understand why she would impart this idea that like your security is based off like what you can bring in. Yeah. And like being really smart about that. Yeah. I think that's. Great. I mean, I, I don't see how that hurts when it comes to it. Doesn't hurt, but it's like you get frazzled. I think like great. I don't. Need, I make too many spreadsheets. Like I don't need to be. <laughs> I don't need to be that involved. I think. Okay. And I think sometimes that's my money. Like I go through spurts. Like I'm mm. very disciplined, and then it's like Fenty's <laughs> out. Put it in the car. <laughs> So I think I have this kind of like really just extremes with my spending. Yeah. And I think that's where it comes from because yeah. I'm so disciplined and I just want to break out. Interesting, interesting. What about you? I think so. I think my parents are not dissimilar from your family in terms of the values they mm-hmm. instilled in me around money. I remember them balancing. They're super great with their money. Um, but just kind of growing up all over the world. I know my parents immigrated here in the 70s and kind of like put themselves through college. Mm. like worked from the ground up, came from Africa. My dad tells me stories all the time about like husking or shucking, whatever you call it, corn in Iowa and like saving up for his masters. So I think because they worked so hard, they wanted to make sure my brother and I never were without. Yeah, I was also (laughs) pampered. So yes, mama was a little bit spoiled, I think, in hindsight. Um, And I think that really just came from the desire from them to just make sure my brother and I never Mm. had to go through what they went through. So, you know, well-placed, but I think I've definitely had unhealthy continue to have Mm. kind of unhealthy relationships with money around savings and around specifically credit Mm. um so you know it's it's interesting i just and even thinking about like myself in comparison to some of my friends i've never really had to make a money decision based on survival or real necessity right like i was never really going to go hungry you know, like yeah. if I needed to in college, I could call my parents and be like, "Mom, Dad, like I have yeah, no money." Yeah, it's like, always. You know, it's funny because my boyfriend <laughs> asked me the other day, and um, and my excuse for like not putting on extra money for like something, and I was like, "Oh, but that just means like I have to move it out of my savings account into the <laughs> other account." And he was like, "Hold up, so your issue is that it's inconvenient." <laughs> to find the source to move it to this account. And it's like, dang. It's a privilege for sure. It's a privilege and I don't take it lightly anymore. But I mean, yeah, just thinking about kind of those, the things that influenced my relationship with money, Mm -hmm. I think that has definitely been it. How do you think like having that safety net potentially, because I don't, I always struggle with, is it a bad thing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to recognize your privilege, but 
I think that's how wealth is generated too. Like these folks out here who've had generational wealth, you're able, your starting point is farther along. So you're able to sometimes achieve more than starting from scratch. So I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think there are caveats around like making sure you make the most of it. Yeah, I think there's like there's various traps to fall into. Mm-hmm. So I think there's one where maybe you don't you become a little bit frivolous mm-hmm. about about money and like what it means or you can you know inherit that need to like you're not fear doesn't dictate like the fear of not having it. Mm. So it's like stuff like my moving to New York when I did it, I didn't have a job. Like I had sold my car and like as like a, some starter money, but I knew that when I came up here, really at the end of the day, like I could call my mom to like borrow something yeah. to get me through the week. Yeah. So knowing that I had that to follow yeah. back when it made, it allowed me to take more risks. Yes. That so is I think that safety net, it does give you that freedom to try things. Yeah. And you're not as, cause I know there's like stuff that comes with like when you're like sending back money for your family. Yes. You're feeling like you're a resource for yeah. that. All of a sudden, you're taking on a lot more responsibility. And a lot more people are impacted yeah, by just the by decisions, your decisions that you make. You know, that's an interesting point too, because I even think about my friends in college who were the sole breadwinners for their family, like even in college, who had to sit. Like one of my very best friends was always sending money back for her mom and the family, mm-hmm. and she never let herself go broke. So even a few instances where I was in a bind, she'd be like, you know what, I got you, like pay it mm. back in two weeks. But she, and I remember being so impressed by that in college. It's like, this girl always has multiple thousands of dollars in savings. In college, wow. like always. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, like totally self-made, did the work, and just was so disciplined, knowing that she had to support family and if there's ever a call about like something broke or this is going on she would have to send it back so Mm -hmm. i definitely admire that and um yeah it's just interesting to think about the different ways i wish i could ask her like where she got that i guess motivation to operate that way because i feel like sometimes when we get back to education you learn that a lot from your family and your Mm -hmm. upbringing like how Mm -hmm. you view money and even now i'm when i'm thinking about like how to like how am I saving how to do different things that I want to accomplish like my parents they're based off of like you're gonna save your money just max out your 401k and you'll be fine <laughs> like that's what it is just yeah. max out your 401k and it's fine. but I was like but what if I want to like invest in something yeah. what if I want to start this and like yeah. then they bring that fear that we talk about where yeah. it's like well, girl, I came up with enough money that I knew I would have the security, but mm-hmm. then thinking about, okay, how do you push your money to not Creatively, just have yeah. security, but to, like, yeah. generate opportunities More. in business? Yeah. That's a skill set that yeah. I don't have access yeah. to. Yeah. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite.
So I'm also kind of thinking about like how you think about money dictates like how you your lifestyle in a way and mm-hmm. kind of what you value. And I want to ask you like why do you work? Um, I definitely work for uh, fulfillment mm-hmm. in terms of. Like, when I'm not working, I'm bored. So mm. I definitely work for the, um, you know, the competitive, like, motivation of accomplishing something. Just being around people. I also, yes, girl, I work to collect some coins. Okay, so <laughs> why do you want those coins? Why like, do I beyond want... beyond just, like, roof over your head, like, why do you want money? Do you want to be rich? Do you want to... Yes. So, What's no. Interestingly enough, I have never aspired to be rich or wealthy, what I have realized, though, is I have expensive taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I like uh, I like money because I like to be comfortable in my lifestyle. I like to I like a, a high quality of life. Mm. Um, and it's not about material things, but it's literally about when I walk into my apartment, I want a space that calms me. Mm. I want houseplants. I want yes. aromas. So I will spend $40 on a candle because that matters. Um, I also want the freedom to pursue life and experiences and to change my mind. So the freedom to travel, the freedom mm. to you know go across the country and visit my friends who aren't near to me, just those kind of freedoms. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? I, uh, I will say I, I want to do what I want, and that's, <laughs> why, <laughs> and that's why I make money. Because I'm thinking about even, like the people I always admired are the people who just do like what they want so Mm -hmm. I think of my mom and my family as like a very ambitious personality Mm -hmm. so she wants like she's like the next size up girl she's like oh that's cute what's the next size up Mm -hmm. I would like the bigger Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I've inherited a little bit of that like I I like my nice things (laughs) and but it's not like extravagant like I I love the lifestyle that my uncles are just very much like this is my life I do what I want I go where I want to go I work for myself and that's it. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I could just be satisfied. I don't need like everything under the sun. But yeah. if I could get to a place where it's like, you know what? I have this tucked away. Yes. And if I want to go this place, I can go this place. Yeah. And if I want to just have that thing, I can have it. Like yeah. maybe I might not have it right now, but like give me a couple months, I'm going to have it. Yeah. And like that's really, it's, it's really a lifestyle. It is. It is. And that yeah, building have. life, opportunity, I think it's always about financial freedom and mm-hmm. flexibility. Um, I think we have different packages of what that looks like, but I think at the core, that's what we all yeah. desire. I read that you should have the equivalent of your salary saved um, at least by the time you're 30, and I'm definitely not there yet. I wish I was. <laughs> I definitely hope to have uh, a lot of savings in place so that I could retire early. So lately I've tried to change my savings strategy up and make sure that like all of my accounts are in interest and that I'm optimizing that amount of interest I'm getting on my accounts and making sure I have the right investment mix so that in the long term I can retire before I'm 65. I hope to be exceedingly wealthy, multi-millions of dollars so that I can freely spend without that thought process of, will I be able to pay off this credit card or will I have enough? 
really I'm trying to save just save as much money as I can to invest it I don't really know too much about investing and like how to actually do it I just know that I really want to do it um, and I really want to invest in other businesses I would love to be like a venture capitalist or you know something like that uh, I don't know I'm just now getting into like finances so I'm just learning about all the options that there are and We'll see what happens. Getting out of debt. I don't want to owe anyone anything. No Naviant, no Sally Mae, no credit card bills, none of that stuff. I want to have a well-stocked emergency fund. I want to make sure that no matter what happens, I'm going to be good with the money that I have in the bank. I want to create multiple streams of income so that I don't have to depend on just one check. I want to get comfortable sharing my good fortune, you know, letting go of money, donating to charities, giving to those in need, um, giving to others who don't have. Um, I also want to make sure that I leave money here for my family when I'm, when I'm no longer here. Really when work wears on me the most, it's just when I feel like it's just this grind that I mm. caught it. It's just this rat race and I'm just going to keep going and running and just to be like in relatively the same place. Yeah. And I feel like I always kind of want to check in with myself yeah. to make sure that like, yes, I'm in this place, but I'm also working toward whatever yeah. this goal or this lifestyle is and I can't depend on my employer to get me there like it's yeah. gonna take more then, than showing up to work every day yeah. to get there and I think you know it's interesting because both of us are in salaried roles mm -hmm. where you're getting you know a set amount whether it's monthly or bi-weekly or whatever the case is I mean you know you get benefits and all that I think it can be like I think it's easy to sometimes forget why we're working because oh, that's sure. so guaranteed and coming in. I remember when I was hourly, it really felt like, yeah, you know, I put in a whole <laughs> day there and my check reflects it. Um, or, you know, I was out on vacation and I didn't get paid at all. And yeah. my check also reflects that. So it's, it's just interesting to, to think about the value of work and how we kind of calibrate and that shifts depending on the kind of roles we have too. Yeah, I feel like I mentioned this book before, Rich Dad Poor Dad, on mm -hmm. the show. Yeah, and one of the thing that really stuck with me is he talks about how like people who have built wealth, they their money works for them. So yes. it's like I don't have to show up somewhere to be making money. Like mm. I've set something, a system in place, mm. so that it's generating. Mm. But to do that, you need a surplus yes. <laughs> of income. Yeah, to do that. So yeah. it's like keeping on top of like the day-to-day -day of like money is I feel like especially in New York if you walk out the house you're gonna spend some money oh yeah for sure it's insane you can't not and but you know you saying that too makes me realize how much of a privilege it really is to have that surplus mm. because when you can think beyond your basic necessities like if you literally you get your check in in like the math just don't add up and you can literally only spend it on food for your family, you know, basic necessities for yourself. And that's it. There's nothing else beyond that. You're not going to be sitting around with the freedom to think about how right. to invest but and you know, make the your money flip, work for you. A different angle of that is I have friends who have gotten to the place where they have a surplus, but somehow they've caught themselves in this cycle where they're still like at the end of the month, they don't have any money. Okay, and read me. 
But it's fascinating because it's like you we've had these like I've known them forever. And you have these conversations since you're like 18, and we, everybody's struggling. It's like the end of the month, and then student loans and all this stuff. But then it's the kind of like, hold up. You've worked. I've watched you work to the level, not Joy specifically. I'm talking that's, that's fine. That's okay. I'm talking because it's a trend. No, like it's a common thing. That's really a mindset, and that's what I've noticed is like if the money principles aren't in place, your money behavior doesn't change. Mm. Like you could still be as broke as you were with the 15 bucks as you are with millions if you never learned how to manage it. Yeah, and I, I think one of the the times when I feel things getting out of hand. It's really when I just don't want to sit with it. It's mm. like, okay, what, what's going? Like, look at the account. Like, okay, where is this money going? Because yeah. I think when I, I mean, I play myself like, oh, I got too many spreadsheets. But really, like, I'm keeping myself in check yes. because it's like you get the swipe. Is it's so too easy. easy. <laughs> it's too easy. Like all I gotta do is just whoop. It's too and easy. It's through. When I was young, I got into a car accident. And when I was 18, the money was released to me. And my mom would send me like small checks of it when I was a freshman in college. And I spent it. I spent all of it. Uh, I would treat my friends to dinners. I would take people shopping. Like I would go shopping all the time. I really, really regret that because that could have been you know, something that I used to invest with and, or, you know, something to start a business. So, you know, I just didn't really, again, didn't really understand the value of money. Okay, so my biggest money regret is waiting until I was 30 years old before contributing to my retirement fund. Um, I wish I had started at my first job. When the Jersey era uh, was at its highest, I would buy so many jerseys, NBA jerseys, football jerseys, Baseball jerseys, soccer jerseys. Once people stopped wearing jerseys and Jay-Z was like, stop wearing jerseys. Now it's time to wear button downs. I looked at my closet and all I had was jerseys that had no value to them anymore. <laughs> Man. You know, if I wake up every day and I practice piano and okay. I do that from morning to night, but, you know, 15 years down the line, I'll tell you, Courtney, I actually really want to be like a Michelin star chef. You're going to be like, but girl, <laughs> <He's piano. laughs> what have you been doing all this time? And I think it's the same way with our spending and our money habits. It's like so many of us say, oh, I want to be my own boss. I want to do this. I want to buy a house or a condo um, or just have, you know, a legacy of wealth for my children. But we caught up in, you know, impulse spending or not saving mm -hmm. or just not being responsible with our money today. I think it's a lack of discipline a mm. little bit because I think you have to be intentional. Like, I think you can't just be like, oh, I just wish. Yeah. My money would just get itself together. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> wish that, like, this will work out. And it's like wishing is not going to do anything. Like, it takes you need kind of a plan yeah. and action to change your behavior yeah really yeah yeah i agree um and i think i think for some communities it's discipline but i i think it also goes back to your point about education like True. if you haven't had a model of that discipline before like you saw your mama you know mm -hmm. checking her her checkbooks or balancing her yes. checkbooks but if you haven't seen that haven't been exposed to it and just generally don't have a sense of how you can do it for yourself mm. i can understand how 
you know, there could be a disconnect there as well. Yeah, that's real. It's interesting because even I'll watch, like once you get a little bit of it, you realize that kind of knowledge unlocks it. Like I'll have a friend who, uh, my boyfriend's cousin, he was like introduced. He was like, okay, we're going to open up an account. Mm. Like he came to him to open up an account. He was like, okay. And like the next day he was like, sending him like, oh, this is my credit score. Like how would it look what my credit score looks like? Oh, I'm going to open up this um, investment account. Mm. Oh, I'm kind of looking at, you know, the property. And it's like, once you realize, kind of get a foot into the system, yeah. you realize that, oh, it's all this other stuff yep. that they knew about. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? That I just didn't know was yes. here. Okay. Because that's very real. Um, and so what are like, what are some telltale signs in your opinion that Maybe the spending has is going the wrong direction or that you're practicing unhealthy money habits. For me, the thing that's, that always scares me straight is credit. Mm. It freaks me out to see, like, once it's like I have a balance that I'm comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But then once it gets a little bit over, yeah, that's usually my check. That I'm yeah. like, okay, something isn't. Yeah. If it can't wait, <laughs> like, then... Maybe we need to hold off or like check in with. Why what we're does doing. that freak you out? First of all, I grew up just believing my credit was the devil. Yes. Like it was just like it's. I feel like I just don't want people like docking my pay or like yeah. sending me notes. Like that's the thing where you see like the bi bills past yeah. due. Like yeah. that's the kind of thing. Even in pop culture, like yeah. that's kind of the sign that yeah. of like when money becomes like a stressor. Yeah, I don't want my money to be a stressor yes. anymore because yeah. like I went through the period where I didn't have enough to cover yeah. things and now that I have enough to cover things it's like okay well, y'all not gonna stress yeah. me out yeah and to be clear debt is a stressor it is a stressor <laughs> that has been my main um area that I'm trying to tackle is just like debt um because I feel you on that it's just it's this looming thing and I think I think ignorance is one thing too like this blissful ignorance of like you know what I'm not gonna pull it all together and make or whatever tool or <laughs> yeah. an Excel spreadsheet and take a look at it but kind of just you know I got that credit card over here and the student loan over there and those are two separate things and I can handle each individual payment but mm. sometimes taking a look at that big picture That's is true. what scares you straight because you're That's like true. oh wait together <laughs> this is a problem right <laughs> so. right yeah and I feel like the, that's an excellent point that people the reality because once you see the reality you have to deal with mm -hmm. it so this fantasy thing of like, oh, like whenever the yeah. next new thing is like, oh, I'm going to just do it. Like, I'm yeah. going to be in it. Like when Wood, Beyonce came out with that. Well, how much was that lemonade book? <laughs> like the coffee table yes. one? Oh, child. She was talking, what, like four, six hundred? Something crazy. Some and the girls were like, oh, cops. I'm like, see, no. On whose credit card? No. Because no. Because you didn't plan for that because you ain't know it was coming. <laughs> I know you didn't plan for it. None of us knew it was coming. Yeah, all these surprise drops and stuff. Someone needs to write about that. <laughs> like the detriment to your account Bank accounts from surprise. When all these artists want to do their surprise releases and all of that. But I think also when I find my spending gets out of hand is when it becomes an emotional thing. Mm. So sometimes it's like, you know, you just look up and you had a, it's just been hard. Yes. It's, life has been hard. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then you just like, oh, I'm just going to get this. Yes. And I'm going to get this. <laughs> and I'm going to get So when it becomes, and I've tried, I think, I don't know if it's just like the, the decline of malls in general or if you mm -hmm. just live in New York, but I find the fact that now I don't really go in the stores to shop as mm -hmm. much 
has helped a lot because oh, it's like really? when you're just want I, that's when I used to spend money yeah. like when I used to just go to the mall yeah just to like get out and then all of a sudden it becomes like this like yeah high of yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just gonna get all these retail therapy things. yes mm-hmm. yeah I feel you on that like I find that like when I'm in a desperate spot I overspend so mm. when I waited till you know, November 3rd to buy my winter clothes, knowing (laughs) that there are three feet of snow on the ground. Like then I'm in a bind and now I have to go into the store and I'm just buying all of the boots and all Mm -hmm. of the things because I didn't plan it properly. So I don't know, I guess, I don't know if that's a trigger, but I think a lot of, for me, I find myself like operating, spending out of like desperation or at least perceived like need for something Mm -hmm. because I waited too long. But you know what, this is the work. This is the work you have to do because to your earlier point about like it takes action. Yeah. And but you have to like figure out like these cycles that you get into. Yeah. Because I think we all have our different like thing that we brought with us with from our childhood. So like yeah. why we spin and then it's like our these old habits we've developed, whether yeah. it's like, Oh, I just wanna keep up, I wanna just yes. see what you seen mm-hmm. to let you know that I'm here or if it's like this feel good thing. Mm-hmm. Like you have to figure out what that thing is. Yeah in order to correct course. Definitely. Hi everyone, my name is Candice Marie from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm the founder of a blog called Young Yet Wise, where I help urban millennials make wiser money choices. Super excited to be here today to give you guys three takeaway tips on developing more positive spending habits. So, here we go. Okay, the first tip is know why you're keeping a budget in the first place. This is usually the first place I start with my clients. I ask them, what is the ultimate... What are your ultimate life goals you're working towards? When you're tempted to spend your money, ask yourself, how is this purchase going to help me reach my lifetime goals? Is this purchase worth it? It's super important to know why you're sticking to your budget in the first place. Think about your future self and tell your present self no. Your goals must be more important than anything else. The second tip is when in doubt, use cash. Sometimes using a credit card or even a debit card makes it feel like you have so much unlimited money. But in reality, you don't. So using cash gives you restrictions and it really keeps you on track with your other money goals because now you know once that cash runs out, that's it. The third tip I have for you guys is give yourself some fun money. Many people feel super restricted when it comes to their budgets because they're not allowing themselves to have fun. You know, give yourself some a limited amount of guilt-free fun money that you can just spend however you like. If you're not allowing yourself any fun money, it's going to be harder for you to reach your goals because you're going to feel restricted and you're going to have a hard time and start to resent having positive spending habits. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Candice Marie from the blog youngyetwise.com. Bye-bye. I think taking advantage of resources, mm-hmm. whether it's like a financial counselor mm-hmm. or, and there's like, look into, because I remember I was Googling and found out that like New York offers free counseling to like fix your credit report. Like you mm-hmm. can just go to the library and show up for free. Yeah. So it's like figure out like, what are my needs? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not equipped to tackle them, like wh- how to get those resources. Yeah, Yeah, I I love that. I feel like a common theme is just like you said, intention. And then once it's like being intentional about how, where, why you spend, putting that plan together. And then once you have the plan together, like really forming the habits to support that plan. Because I feel like that's the part that takes practice. Mm, Yeah. Like on a day-to-day basis. So 
Yeah, and I mean, it's not going to be a perfect transition. Cause no. <laughs> sometimes, and you know what you work for? You work, you deserve. Yeah. So, like, sometimes. <laughs> Treat yourself. Sometimes we need, like, to reap the benefits now. Yeah. But I think as long as you have that plan that you can always return to, and then the spending becomes just, like, Oh, that was just me veering off course for a little bit, but I'm back. We back, right? Right. right. Have this is come me back on to. the regular. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Love it. So thanks so much to everyone who called in to share their money experiences. We know it could be personal, but we are doing the good work. Here. Yes, it takes a village. Yes. Like, we have to start sharing mm-hmm. these lessons with each other. Yes, for sure. So let's keep the convo going. Tweet, DM, email us your experiences. And if you are looking for more resources to encourage you on your financial journey, head over to the oneunited.com blog. They have a lot of great content there for you. For sure. Now it's time for one of our favorite parts of the show. It's where we get to hear from you guys. So Ask Job Blogs is where we address your career and life questions. If you have a puzzling conundrum that you would like <laughs> our feedback on, um, hit us up at joblogs.com slash askjoblogs or call us at 929-324-1090. Uh, we always got you like Issa. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> we have a question today. We do. This one comes from someone who would like to remain unnamed. Okay. Um, she says, I'm 30, and last year I left a stressful job on the East Coast for a job on the West Coast. My new job lets me travel all over the world several times a year, pays a lot more, and is much less stressful and demanding. My problem is that I've wanted to leave since the minute I started. Mm. Why? I think it's a lack of fulfillment. My new job is fantastic, but I feel like I've lost my purpose in spite of all the perks. There aren't many challenging days at the office, the work is easy, and I don't have a ton of new projects coming my way. I know this may come off as whiny as entitled, and I don't mean it to be. I just need some good advice from some smart, career-focused women to set me straight. I feel you. (laughs) Um, This is really interesting. Isn't it? I'm trying to get my thoughts together because you know what I've discovered I'm not a worker like yeah. I don't enjoy working for the sake of like fulfillment fulfillment I am not like I wish like I see like friends who are just like so passionate yeah. about I'm going to work and we're doing this and yeah. this and this and it's like you know what <laughs> work is I'm work. trying to <laughs> Work is work. (laughs) And it's like, yes, I do enjoy, like, doing great work. And, like, I feel good putting, you know, good projects out there. But it's just not, like, the love is not there. So I feel you. I feel where you're coming from. Yeah, but that's not a bad thing. That's not not a bad thing. No. And I think, and that's exactly where my mind went to when I was reading this, is I think there's too much pressure with social media and everything for people to find this like passion in their work and to love what they're doing and to be completely fulfilled by their work. Mm. And that's just not always the case. Like work can be, it can be that for some. It can be that for, I think I think what we hear about a lot is like entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and people that have their own business or are building their own teams. But I think it's perfectly okay for work to be work or for mm. work to even be work for a season. And maybe this job pays the bills, gives you travel access and a network But maybe then you need to step outside of that and figure out what else to pursue that you're passionate about. Whether it's a volunteer activity, you know, making a podcast like we do or whatever the like whatever it is for you. 
outside of work that gives you that holistic fulfillment so your life feels fulfilled Mm -hmm. even if work isn't giving that to you yeah and I feel like it's almost when reading this it's like you are looking for permission almost Mm -hmm. it's like you're downing yourself because you're not making this job like your center focus everything and it doesn't need to be and like when I'm reading this it sounds like the universe is like clearing up space for you to figure out what that passion area is. Yeah. You're talking about you less stress. Yeah. You out here on the West Coast getting some sun. <laughs> you get to travel oh. a little bit. <laughs> Bills are pay. Pays yeah. a lot more. Like, girl, so I feel like it's giving you the space. Uh, space. That is. Opportunity. That is big. And the other thing, too, when I was reading this was, like, I, I had a job at one point that a lot of people were like, oh, girl, you get to travel and blah, blah, blah. It's okay for your values to not be connected with what other people value mm, as important in a job. And, you know, maybe on the outside looking in, it's like, oh, I got more money, I'm traveling. But if those things aren't, like, fulfilling to you, mm. it's okay for you to say, like, travel to me isn't the most important thing or a big salary isn't the most important thing, like, I know people who have taken pay cuts to do work that's more fulfilling mm-hmm. or people don't realize travel for work can be very exhausting. So I think also just take like take permission, take space to recognize what's important to you and don't let other people's perspectives on like what you should be grateful for influence you too much. Yes, right. be grateful, but like it's okay to be like these are not the things yeah. I care about the most. Yeah, I think it goes back to like that lifestyle that we talked about like think about what you want your life to look back and look like and then work backwards from Mm. there and hopefully this job you have now can serve as a resource to make that happen yeah or maybe it doesn't and you need to move on to something else but either way it's like you have the freedom to make your life look like whatever you want to so don't feel boxed in to where you are now for sure good luck Many thanks to our sponsor, One United Bank, America's largest Black-owned bank, for partnering with us on this episode. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed it and are looking for more resources to encourage you on your financial journey, definitely head on over to OneUnited.com. Yes, they've got some amazing blogs and content, including their financial literacy blogs, with articles tackling topics like how to build an emergency fund, cash versus credit, how to be savvy about your spending, and a lot more. Be sure to follow them around the web at OneUnited on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, they're all over the place. And you could hit us up. We always love to hear from you at Job Logs all around the web and joblogs.com. You can find me at Clean Out Loud. I'm Hamas Parker. Thanks for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.